Hello, Justin Comrade, me and Kip, and with me is Steph. Hey, Steph. Hey, Kip. And David. Hey, David. What is on, Joel? Ooh. Nice. I'm here. I'm ready. Yeah, we are ready. This is our part two. Uh, our second of our Deno book club. And yeah, um, how are we feeling right now, everyone? Oh, man, the, this this show has a lot. <laughs> this string of episodes it, is wild. Uh, yeah, it, especially it made the last me feel two. a lot of emotions. Yes, especially the last two. There was a lot of uh, heart-wrenching and uh, comedy-inducing minutes all over the place. Yeah, this show, um, I kind of forgot how much it has like going on, but mm-hmm. it, yeah, just, you're right. Uh, and of course, uh, last time, the first eight episodes, and this time, uh, episodes 9 through uh, 16, next time, 17 through 22, so not as bad, but uh, there's a whole lot t- to see here. I think um, it's very interesting. Um, what has aged well what hasn't what is <laughs> extremely 2007 in this show oh yeah it's a lot of fun oh yeah <laughs> well in this show like kind of jumping into storylines seems to be moving quicker than the last few that we've watched like it, it felt like in the last ones it took you know 20 25 episodes to really start getting into the meat of things but this one is like throwing everything at you and and you gotta really almost have like your own graph to follow along with everything yeah there's definitely um a lot going on that might not even make sense yet or Mm -hmm. ever but it's definitely just like (laughs) here it is (laughs) he said or ever the harbinger of hope right there (laughs) you might not ever know why this happened but (laughs) One thing I wanted to talk about before we um got into the show proper is more of our like context though on like um in Common Rider and um one really like important thing is um the music. You might have noticed that this show has a lot of like yeah. character songs, a lot of like special versions of songs, like just for like certain like forms and characters. Mm-hmm. This show kind of plays with musical genres a little bit more than ones that um at least i've watched with you in the past like there's a lot more kind of diversity into the sounds that you're hearing and kind of what's going on like in the scenes when they're playing music um it's definitely been unique to the other series that we've watched so far so many people like in these shows are like models and actors and singers and, like all this stuff and like what you get like a lot in like i'm writers like oh like here's the main character like singing their song and like there's like a like sword form song like a rod form song like an axe form song you know there's all this stuff going on uh and it's interesting like is like i guess like at the end of the show they'll like do lots of concerts and stuff but just like here like when you're looking you're like oh they have like a new song every episode in, like a different style there's like a lot of what are supposed to be hip hop or like rap songs that just kind of sound like pirate songs to me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> wait, wait know. which which specifically ones? Which ones are you talking about specifically? Um the double action song for gun form is like Oh, hey, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, now I know which one you're talking about. A point later where um a bunch of characters are like talking about working together and they just like start having 
uh, the like theme from Pirates of the Caribbean play behind okay. them. I was I was gonna ask about this because it sounds exactly right like Pirates of the Caribbean. I was like, what the hell? Like, had Pirates of the Caribbean come out at this time? I don't know when the first one came out. I thought like 2004, 2005. I could check. Okay, so it had been it had been previous to this. That makes sense. But like, it was pretty exactly it, right? It was, yeah, it was a little bit chopped and screwed a little bit, but it was like pretty <laughs> damn close. Uh, 2003. When was the next movie? Like, there's like a couple more movies, though. It was like, what? Um, 2006, 2007 for the next two. So they're like coming out or just like that, like last one's about to come out. So, yeah. That yeah, works. So there's a really good chance that there was some like inspiration there. Yeah, yeah, it was just heavy. <laughs> I, I literally now I'm looking back through my notes on the episode, and I literally wrote, "This song is just legitimately Pirates of the Caribbean." <laughs> I this show, I think, uh, got like a massive like song like box set like two of like all those like small themes like oh like the like sad telescope song or like like the um different versions of like the main song or um like i think there's like a double action um coffee form where <laughs> it's like look, that fight song but like just the people who make coffee singing it and being like oh my coffee's so good time to fight <laughs> it's it's really weird to like common writer depending on like the success of the show always has like weird tie-in items yeah um I kind of want to go to that Comrider cafe because, like, I love, like, all the weird themed, like, drinks and, like, here's some rice that looks like this, like, person's face and that kind of stuff. And that's, like, very funny to me. Is that a is that an actual thing? Like, are there common Rider cafes? Oh, there's one, I think. Oh. I believe there is. I, Interesting. I don't know where it is. Let me Let me look it up. I'll look it up right now. And the Gundam Cafe, of course, because it's how the like it's closed down now, Gundam. dude. Oh, it's closed. Oh, no. Yeah, they closed it. It's okay. Uh, when Tom Holland is like, <laughs> like just like uh, like next year, like playing like Amaro Ray. Tom Holland gets cast as Amaro. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> um. Okay. Where is this? I found it. Um. Let me go to the about page. Where are you? Come Rider the Diner. The Diner, yeah. Come Rider the Diner. That makes um, me love it even more. Where is it, though? Oh, apparently it's only 46 minutes from my house. Ooh, field trip. <laughs> it's in... Where is it? Do you want this? some really bright curry? Oh, it's in Ikebukuro. There you go. I almost sent you all a menu, but it's full of spoilers. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Actually. Don't do so that. can't do that. Yeah. Do they have the um, ketchup dish that we were talking about in Kiva on the menu? That just might be everywhere because I think like isn't omelet rice like a pretty popular yeah. like yeah food? you can yeah. get it every there's like restaurants literally where that is the only thing they serve. Here's a non spoiler uh, a non spoiler menu for the Kevin Rider diner. It's like all like theme stuff like that. It's like oh, uh, um, there's like a uh, like one for like a Kamrider saga and that kind of stuff, and just I like the the 
CEO of Gaia's thing is like a British tea set because he's such a smug bastard. Yeah, that's how you know he's smug. He's yep. European. Yeah, fancy. exactly. Hundred <laughs> percent. I love these tie-ins. I hope that we get uh, some like weird time for that new movie too. Like, I would love the show. Was like, oh, and here's this like big scarf salmon. <laughs> I just want to know when you order this like uh, Zaya President's Fair uh, like tea set. When they bring it to you, they have to play the sound clip that goes presented by Zaya or whatever, like brought to you by Zaya. <laughs> Jacking break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <It's> so dumb. <laughs> uh, okay, this actually is the best picture of this whole thing right now, uh, which is the um, they make like a lot of stuff that was like uh, meant to look like the um, the characters, and this mm-hmm. is what I want right here. Uh, Okay, yeah. The Kuga yeah. rice. <laughs> that looks great. I love Is that, that just like two giant like half tomatoes? Yep. <laughs> what else could you want? Like to be I mean, like I hungry so. and not have great food? Oh, it's curry. I see. It's like black curry. I would do that. It's literally called Karedaida Kuga. <laughs> <laughs> no, the puns are unbeatable. It's just I can't stop it. Uh, I what franchise would you make a like theme diner for if you could? Like, is there one where like we would like, oh, like the Mighty Ducks burgers or fries or whatever? I don't know. If I can make a themed restaurant, that's hard because like my answer would be Gundam, but that exists. So <laughs> yeah, like, is it like, uh, here's my um, <laughs> Herbie fully loaded? Restaurant. It took like a, a movie series. <laughs> could be any series, like Anything. any property you could make something out of. Oh man, that's a that's hard. It is, yeah. My like shit poster brain is like you get like the like Burger King's Kids Club and you bake a like curry restaurant like based off of them. Like here's like the like wheels curry. Here's like the like kid vid curry. <laughs> But that's probably not a good idea. I, I'm sure somehow someone would be offended by something on that menu. I really liked Stargate growing up. So I'll say a like Stargate themed like diner where it has like the big like Stargate like ring has like a big like teal head saying indeed this is good or whatever somewhere. I don't know. That's what I do. I would love to go to like a Star Trek themed one, like where it looks like the galley of like a ship or in in Star Trek. That that would be interesting. That'd be pretty badass. Yeah. How has it not happened yet? That seems like a real slam dunk. I have to think that that does exist, but maybe I just don't know where it is. (laughs) That feels like the kind of thing where it's like, oh, like you're in like Paris or like it's like, oh, like like this like weird full. (laughs) Oh, that'd be great. Uh. Is there a Godzilla one? I, uh, I'm gonna say probably. Me too, and I'm gonna guess that it's in like Florida. Okay, that would be my assumption. There is one. There's a Shin Godzilla statue, but that's not uh, that's not a restaurant. But yeah, the one that makes the most sense is like you're like going like 
Japanese style is like universal monsters or like that kind of thing. I've seen I know that there's like Ultraman ones because there used to actually be an Ultraman one that was like across the train station in the like basement underground walk area where I used to live. And it's just kind of like hiding in a corner. I'm like, that's kind of neat. That That's wild. I like that. There is there's there's probably more Godzilla stuff in uh, Shinjuku because that's where they have like the big uh, Toho cinema with the Godzilla statue at the top of the building. And he's like looking over it and stuff. So I would imagine that if they're going to put it anywhere, they'll probably put it there. So that's where I would look. There aren't a lot of like great like themed restaurants in like America. Like it feels like a lot of it's like, oh, they shut down like the Ripley's, believe it or not, thing. And now it's just like next to Plymouth Plantation. There's like. A place that has like weird onion rings with a weird name or something. It's like, like not, not nothing real, you know. Yeah, I I feel like it's that way with a lot of things. Or like even if you're one of those people that just is in love with Hard Rock Cafe, you have to admit it's really fucking generic, and you're paying yep. way too much for really really not great quality food. So I I really don't get the appeal. Do they still have um rainforest cafes or not a lot of them anymore? I went to one in Dallas, uh, but this was like when my kid was a toddler and she's a teenager now. So I honestly don't know if they're still around or a thing. Well, the answer to all of this is is uh, to put it on the blockchain in the metaverse, I think. <laughs> and that'll work out right. Like great food, great values. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like no. that's the only way to make this work right now. I hope somebody like really scams a lot of people on the metaverse, but like the investors and like actually makes like something really cool in it. Probably not, but here's helping, you know, but no, uh, <laughs> we have a lot of episodes, though. Um, and uh, the first arc is a uh, episodes nine and ten. My strength has made you cry. And Hannah in a stormy singularity point. So yeah, um <laughs> this was quite an introduction arc, a very solid arc in my mind, but um what do you think of this um first set of episodes, guys? I'd be gonna do it by two episode groupings, because I yeah, like that's kind of how arcs. they treat it, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um <laughs> my reaction also. It's um, like where do I even yeah. begin with this? <laughs> I just want to say, just off the top, the train conductor guy, that dude wastes so much food. What an asshole. The <laughs> owner, yes. I, I think that every time, I, I like dread when he gets a plate of something every single scene. There was like two good scoops of pudding left, and he just stands up and leaves. <laughs> like a jackass, yes. <laughs> yeah, no. At least you can do that when you own a train. Through time, just like yeah, that magical time train. <laughs> no, growing up, that is exactly what you like here. Like, oh, like what do you think this is a magical time train? You waste some food. What are you yep. doing? That's, yep, that's what my mom always said. There's kids that don't have a magical time train in Africa that are starving. You know, <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to integrate that, and David just did it perfectly. So yeah. I, I'm done over here. <laughs> but no, yeah, he is a little cryptic coming into this because he's mad that like um from last time the like wedding ring was brought 
into the train. He's like, oh, like at least like nothing happened, but no, it's not a good thing. He's like, he's definitely kind of implying that at some point we are going to get like the rubber will meet the road on like a timeline change in a bad way. And like, right. Yeah. And I don't understand if it seems so important why he's being so cryptic about it. It's like, this could destroy time itself, but I'm not going to tell you. Right. The whole thing, and probably one of the reasons why his character bothers me, food waste aside, is the fact that he's so fucking passive aggressive about everything. <laughs> like, if this is an issue, you need to be directly telling me what the issue is, because I don't speak whatever it is that you are trying to convey right now. That's just the Japanese way, though, right? It's it's there's never like always direct confrontation with anyone. So the fact that he's like hyper passive aggressive to me is just like, oh, that's normal. <laughs> <laughs> and I still hate yeah. him for it because no matter what, I will always hate people who are like hyper passive aggressive. It's just right. like if you took the five seconds and just told me we wouldn't have had to have like a 20 hour conversation. Right, because you know it's going to get thrown in your face in an argument like two weeks later when yes, he's exactly. like, well, I tried to tell you. And you're like, no, actually, you did I you heavily implied <laughs> 15 episodes ago when you brought the wedding ring on the train that it would destroy time itself, but you didn't listen to me. You yeah. never listen to me. I want a divorce. <laughs> now because of you, the bees are extinct. Yeah. Thanks, asshole. <laughs> That's part of it, like, to I'm like, is he saying don't alter the timeline because all a new timeline will happen and everyone will die or is it like even worse like hey if the timeline gets altered too much the whole thing blows up like i'm not sure which one again, is like what he's he, saying he, he never ever says you don't right. know yeah and, and another reason why that irritates me once we get to a couple episodes down there's like some um there's some real background information about the fact that he understands what can happen if a timeline mm -hmm. gets fucked up that badly. And that made me even more upset, like coming to that realization, like he knows exactly how bad these consequences can be. And he's still just acting like, a, once again, passive aggressive spouse about it. Like, well, I got my hair done and you didn't even notice. So fuck you. I'm wondering if the gaps in time and the tunnels will come back and be like, oh, yeah, there's just like parts of time that are like gone. They can't be like lived again. It's just like, oh, interesting. It's more fragile or something. Like, huh. I hadn't even I'm not thought sure of that's that. the case, that's, but I mean, that's a pretty solid theory. Yeah, I legitimately don't remember if that's the case. But like, I know, like <laughs> there's stuff at some point. That's my big spoiler, I guess. But yeah, um, but so like the like ground storyline here though is that um it starts with um this random martial artist that like um Ryodoro finds and like is fought by Momotros who gets like humiliated. <laughs> oh he is his ass beat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's going around like challenging different martial arts, the whole dojos, I think, and just like uh -huh. mm -hmm. He's very odd. <laughs> what do we think of this character? Uh, I, I was kind of endeared to him from the beginning, honestly. Just the whole uh, bravado that he has, the way that he carried himself, the way that he like never went out of his way to hurt someone innocent like you would assume that an Imogen would. Like, I kind of already was waiting to see how his story played out from the beginning just because he was so unique. 
I think that uh, the actor they have uh, to play, I believe his name is Hanjo um, here, um, is he's a very good at doing the like possessed eyes and looks very sad with those contacts in, just like has like a very good like look to him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's he, he does really well with his facial expressions. That's something I definitely caught onto also because. I mean, all the rest of him is constantly doing karate, so a lot of like what you see in the more emotional scenes are is completely in his face, and he does that just to a T. Yeah. Um, in Comrider like Zero One, there's this um one character in like a like short arc that's like a um sushi chef, and he like like I just like always remember those people that like just really pull off these like weird these weird acting additions that like they shouldn't be able to just like super stand out you know yeah uh but no um we find out that he um was a like martial artist who like fell ill in the finals of a a like major tournament and uh could not compete versus his rival and now that's like what uh the um what his wish is is to do martial arts again or so we think, and it's like a whole process. Um, something that I really loved was the scene in the second of these episodes where he's watching the kids do martial arts, and he's like, "Wait, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not <laughs> properly doing it. Like, my form's not good." <laughs> and then the the kids come up and they're like, "That's not karate. That's sumo. What are you stupid?" <laughs> and then they run away. <laughs> I loved that, too, because I was just like, the adult part of me was like, you little shits. But on the other hand, I was like, that's fucking hilarious that a bunch of kids like that barely come to his kneecap just called him out in front of everyone. Using your hands? That's a baby's toy. <laughs> I do I do love um, Kintaro's just because he, he like, he does like the ultimate disrespect move of like, I'm going to beat you up and you're going to cry like a bitch. So here's a tissue before we fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he gets that name later. He's like gold and a bear and he's pretty awesome. But he just has like a really compared to like the other two that we saw before him being such troublemakers, him being like honorable, but also like just really stubborn and, also a narcoleptic yeah 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 well i like that his he's essentially like playing the writer equivalent of a dumb jock in most of what he does yeah but he's he has such a good heart that when he does pop out it's because he literally is offended on someone else's behalf and that's just so funny to see when you look at the first two that we had been dealing with up to this point that were just completely all about their own self-interest so it was it was really fun to see like him not only pop up but like take a really commanding role in the midst of all this chaos yeah and like his whole like bit where he like mishears like different words like oh like cry like i'll make you cry i'm so strong (laughs) one of my favorite parts is that um while like um they're investigating like oh like Who's this mysterious like martial artist? Um, they go to a like dojo, and um, the dojo is convinced that Ryodoro's uh, the um, like person who's fighting them, and they say, "Okay, we'll try our special method of karate, where it's ten on one 
on top of a roof, we just beat the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, man, that's 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 what happens when you go to a dojo. That's all man kumite. That's the rules. You have to beat everyone in the dojo. No, seriously, like the, like when you challenge dojos, if you can't beat everyone in the dojo by yourself. <laughs> I mean, yeah, true. That's like a very classic like, martial arts movie thing, which yeah. is very like funny. I mean, Bruce like, Lee did it right in uh, <laughs> what was that movie? It's not Enter the Dragon. What is it called? Oh, yeah. Um, Fist of Fury? Maybe. I don't remember which one it is, but he does it in a movie and he just goes up and beats up the entire dojo by himself after they punch his master or something. I don't remember specifically, but it's always sub thing. It's like, oh, like you like my name's it man. And you were like very <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Like one yep. bag of rice. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but no. Yeah. Um, it's like very funny. They pick the fight with him, but that's like it's 10 on one. And then get their asses kicked by like Hana. <laughs> yeah. Hana like just straight up comes out swinging. She beats up like at least three dudes. Right. Yeah. And she can take a hit on top of it because there were several of them that like got a really good swing on her and she just popped right back up. Like I was like, why isn't she Deno? Come on. Yeah. I, uh, I wrote that in my, I said <laughs> Hana's a bad bitch. She should be the writer. Exactly. <laughs> Especially as like later on, like in this arc, they say, oh, yeah, she's also a singularity port. It's like, well, if that's the qualification to be Deno, why is she Deno? Exactly. I mean, she clearly is, like, more willing to stand up for herself than this guy is. To give her the role. I have to wonder, though, because they do mention it, though. They say she's also a singularity point, but the difference between Ryotaro and her is that she's from a timeline that no longer exists. She's, like, literally a person out of time, so technically she doesn't exist i wonder if that ties in later in some way that would make sense because you would almost if you were like filling that kind of role you would almost have to have uh-huh. at least the anchor point of having a solid timeline to like call home um i would imagine just for like mental health reasons so yeah that i could definitely see that yeah there's definitely stuff with her later that like they probably do justify we're watching it and like I'm not like remembering from like twelve years ago, but yeah, um, I really um did like like how like the like um the actual like rhino um like um uh, like monster that like uh we uh-huh. see is um the other main rival and their whole like thing is like oh like I wanted to be the strongest and like it's like a whole uh-huh. yeah um it's hard because like these kind of we're the best martial artist that we wish we could fight thing it always reads very romantic to me and like i know it's not meant to be but <laughs> i mean it's hard not to feel that way though when like at the end they're talking about oh yeah we'll have our last match together someday and the way that they look at each other even i was like did i miss something in the context of this story because i feel like we went from a to e really quickly here uh it's hard to he's like um <laughs> The wish was that they could reconcile. Like it's like Kidra's like dying. He's dust is getting punched <laughs> in the face. He's like, hopefully someday they get together. <laughs> but yeah. Um he also has this like point where he stops a kidnapping by punching a building really good and making the kidnapper fall off the building. <laughs> yeah, out of, the, out of the what's it called? <laughs> the staircase or whatever. And then yeah. catches him just to throw him against a light post afterwards. Yeah, they don't fuck around here. 
Um, but in the end, though, he's offered to uh, to join the body party and like be the like third person like in there. What do you think of Axe Form? It's okay. <laughs> I, don't, I I don't love it as much as the other two. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, and I actually found it kind of surprising because you know the character that we're dealing with is a much like obviously bulkier like big tough guy. I I don't know like if you were gonna go that direction, I would want to go with like a great axe or something. It just felt weird to have this character that has just been this humongous presence have this like I don't know axe that you would use to like throw at a theme bar or something like it just it didn't fit with what I had in mind with him. I wonder if that relates more to the legend of Kinteris though. Um I like don't know that one the way that I know the one of Momotros so like, I'm not sure if it's like a and there's like an axe cutter and this kind of stuff but, like oh, okay. maybe that's it I don't know. Yeah, maybe so. What and- specifically was your question like about the story? Uh yeah, like I like don't know that story at all. So maybe the axe is like from the story. Yeah, like Kintaro's his whole deal is that he uses an axe. Oh, I've- like that's his like specific weapon. Huh? Is he a bear or is he fighting a bear? Uh, he's like a mountain man type character. Okay. Okay, that actually so, yes. puts it into a bit more context. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, the story of Urashima Bataros. What's that? Do you know? Actually, because we don't so, know that one. So Urashima Taro, the story of Urashima Taro is like he finds a turtle flipped on its back on the beach, and he flips it back over, and the turtle thanks him. And then he follows the turtle to an underwater palace where he goes and meets the princess of, I forget exactly where, the princess of like underwater world or whatever. It's very like Little Mermaid style. Anyway, it ends up where he gets like a magical box and then he opens the box and he gets really old. Huh. Okay. That is my extremely brief version (laughs) of that story. Fair. Okay. Yeah, um, so I think like this is like a definitely like um, does not feel as utilitarian as something like Kuga where they all felt like they had the clear purpose. Like mm-hmm. this is much more character based and like based off of like the theming, I guess. So, uh-huh. yeah. And I mean, I probably would understand a little bit more of that if I knew a little bit more of like the lore and background that these are coming from. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm basing everything just off of um like fighting style and kind of the assumptions that I've developed from watching these series so far. And so I don't have enough experience to really do that. The, the tie in with what, like why he's like a bear esque is that in the story, he like actually legitimately wrestles bears as a child. Oh, that's so freaking okay. interesting. <laughs> Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, I do have to, to say though um based off me and staff i think the next episode is 11 to 12 we might have the most to say yeah uh that is a madness delusion baby's breath and run taro so i'd have one bolded note here so i'll get to this um i'll get a moment but the basic plot is there is a junior model who is getting flowers left for her she sees that 
Ryotaro is like going home and he has the flowers. He's like, oh, is it you? And he's like, no, it's not. But then he ends up being drawn into her, her life. Uh, but <laughs> there's this point later that I bolded extremely. Um, and that is we find out Kasumi lives with her manager. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I not only had some raised eyebrows, but a clenched fist while we were exploring that storyline because I was just waiting for something much darker to come into play. But it was still very uncomfortable, even if it was never something that was like spoken about or even referenced. So I know that there's a slightly different uh, system, culture, whatever you want to say for that kind of stuff, like models, idols, whatever the whole like broader category is in Japan. But I was like, definitely like oh they just let this like man have this 12 13 year old live with him right and i mean to be perfectly fair like even when you get kind of to the end of this particular arc and you like see the reasoning everything happened the way it did it really doesn't make it that much better like to me it's still not that great of an explanation there's a 14 year old character in Comrade hibiki who she was living with her 20 year old like the common writer th- that she was serving and trading her um that at least was like not part of the normal world and was like common writer stuff like you know like this was like just like oh yeah of course it, <laughs> this is how it this was but also like the character in hibiki that we're discussing was a 14 year old that was essentially like a 30 year old like she had way too much life experience to kind of like Mm -hmm. be taken in i i feel like but when you're talking about a 12 year old in a 40 plus something that's a very different situation and that's kind of what gave me the weird feeling the entire time yeah, like, I don't know the state of like child protective services in Japan, but I was just like, man, if you're like a a, a, tw- a dad and your twelve year old daughter's like career's getting to be too much that you like have to tell her to not live here anymore, that seems like a real. Uh, that seems like a real. <laughs> like maybe one. we should call someone, or <laughs> yeah, maybe somebody should just be aware of that. Uh, but yeah. Um, so in the end, um. The flowers are in the flower language, me pure of heart, which like flower language is one of those like things it's like astrology. I was like, oh, I'm sure there's people who know all about this in a lot of detail, but I don't. I mean, it, it, in in Japan, there's like the art of like Ikebana, mm-hmm. right? Which is like flower arrangement. So like each flower has like a specific meaning and like when it's arranged in a certain way, it means certain things, right? So like I, I'm sure that there's like a very specific thing what that is i don't know <laughs> i like kasumi i did like i think it was kind of cute like how like what she saw this like random dude like was like okay come be my friend or my bodyguard or whatever and um i guess like that's the response to like the first thing that like happens after she meets him is that like Kintaros yeets her manager into like a room. <laughs> into a building, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which only further endeared him to me, just to be perfectly honest, because his whole thing was just like, no, nah, I'm going to protect this little girl and you can fuck right off. But, um, there's a point where they go to a like fashion show, and I know it's like 2007 TV budget, 
Toku show, but this is the worst fashion show I've ever seen by a country <laughs> mile. This from a guy who doesn't even regularly watch fashion shows, and even he knows this was a shit show. So every month we are watching Pretty Guardians Sailor Moon, <laughs> which is a 2004 show with an even lower budget, mm-hmm. way more believable that that's just bad 2004 fashion. Like this is like seems this seems like less effort than that show. <laughs> yeah, it was not not great. But um, they do realize that like um, there's a rival that has just, like been following. Kasumi, who is like at first I thought was like related to her because they looked very similar. There's like, I guess that's like just what models look like at that yep. age mm-hmm. when they're 14 or whatever. But that's when like we actually like find out, oh, like her dad's not around, that kind of stuff. And like, um, there, there is an interesting kind of like, um, trope, I guess it would be like of missing dads in Japanese animation and Japanese like dramas and stuff. There was just like absentee dads. Like it is like a common trope. Like think back to like how many anime or, or, or Japanese dramas you've watched and like how many of those characters had a dad who's around, like not as many as you'd probably think when you think Almost about it. Almost none of them. If I'm, yes. yeah, if I'm thinking back, you're yep. right. That is a pretty common, like, archetype for the hero to have. Mm-hmm. I kind of assumed that became a thing because of, like, post-war Japan, just people having to work and, like, have jobs, like, across the country and, like, overseas. But, like, it's, like, a persistent thing. So I wonder if it's just, like, a work culture thing. Well, even when they're around, it's, like, just, like, if they're working that many hours and like going out for drinks and that kind of thing. Like I'm wondering if it's that or if it's just a uh, something else entirely. I mean, it's, it's like partly that. Mm-hmm. Oh, hi. Yeah. Um, he's definitely, he looks villainous and I checked and like actually does show up later as a major villain in Rider like wizard actually. So huh, there you go. Uh, yeah. Uh, but like you, we're no longer parent and child because you have a career you have to pursue. I feel like you could afford to get help for your restaurant with the money from her, her modeling, the 10 or 15% that like you're allowed to use. <laughs> I feel like you could figure this out beyond just making your daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Move out. I was just like, I, wow. I, um, I was sitting there thinking the whole time I can think of at least 22 solutions within these 20 seconds that would have been better than kicking your child out to go live with a stranger. And unlike a later, a later person, we don't see him drinking. So there's this point where he's like thinking back to, oh, could it have been that time I like made a wish on a monster? He's just like stone cold sober in the middle of the day, just like he met a monster and made a wish. He's like, is it that time? Like, what's going on in your life? Where I thought that was a dream. Dude, wake the fuck up. This was being taken very much at face value. Was it just like, oh yeah, kid show, or like, oh yeah, this is more normal, or just we're not going to comment on it because we need to have the story happen? But it felt very weird to me. This whole situation, and I know that like there's like media in Japan about like being famous and being like a manager for like a famous person. There's like one like pretty major like anime series about that, like too, I think, or like game series. But this is like a. 12 year old too it's like okay this seems 
like it should be cut and dry under a certain age or whatever. You would think, but nope. Okay. That sounds like the worst job in the world to me. I would hate to have to like have a model I'm managing live in my house. I I don't think <laughs> that it's like a common thing. Like it may happen, but it, I mean, it might just be a thing for uh, convenience in this story for filming. Like I, 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 mm-hmm. I've never heard of this before, so it's possible. How is the trope for like adult people in anime because like anime, uh, but I hope it's not <laughs> common for the junior models or like whatever that is because that's that's wild to me. Can you imagine uh, being a manager for like an adult model and be like, oh, I would love to like play Elden Ring all weekend, but no, I have my clients and in the house or oh like i have really bad diarrhea but my clients in the house i have to like be careful like <laughs> i would hate to live with a client <laughs> i don't know i can't play elden ring this weekend because my client is 12 and she insists i take her to the park like that's how that would actually play out i mean that dude seemed like the best dude at being the guardian for a 12 year old that was also his client in the world also damn that that's a, that's a bad one um I do like um, how the time travel comes into this, though, where like Kindros almost gets kicked off the train because he like races after the bus to tell Kasubi that her dad loves her. Like, it's okay. And also he like Kool-Aid bands through a wall at one point. (laughs) Mm hmm. Yeah, just. uh, He is a mad lad here, as they say, in the (laughs) Brovsky's zone. It's all well that ends well, though, because they have a time they opened the door to an elevator to right before she met them and she's making up with her dad and somehow and somehow time didn't collapse and the owner just kind of shrugs and it's like yep yeah don't do it again it worked this time who knows what it won't <laughs> yeah once again being a dick about the whole thing i really hope it does blow up but i hope that, like he's just he just feels like a real asshole about it because like he should i think at this point i hope that whatever happens is something that he wasn't expecting because i'm so tired of seeing him just be smug about everything yeah i don't know because i feel like he's a recurring character like in a lot of this like franchise stuff and like at a certain point like it's got to be beyond him like i want to see like is there more to the hierarchy like is he like the boss of bosses is there like someone above him i'm not sure uh, solid point i don't know yeah, like it i don't think it seems like we'll ever find out true but no um i liked the tension they've been doing with like between the imogen and between just like um how Riotro's like body is failing too where he's like very tired all the time like he's like I like I liked it like it's like clear there's a tension point and like things are like starting to escalate. I would hope the show keeps doing this as we go though, because like it's like starting to get more complicated and like more dangerous too in that front, you know? More conflict. Yeah, for sure. And I think that it, having that in there is a really good reminder that it he isn't like 
this all-powerful being like the ones that are inhabiting him are so it makes for a really interesting dynamic to see like how it affects him when they just continuously push him to the side and get into their own misadventures that brings us to though uh the next arc which is 13 through 14 okay i can't hear your answer i dance with dragon um and yeah, so this starts with um, a very sleepy. I typed Wataru again, but that's not right. Uh, <laughs> but Ryotaro is um, like um, walking his bike home, and then he's offered by Urotaros to have him take over because he's tired. And like immediately, he's like, I'm going to go meet my number three girlfriend. <laughs> immediately it's like not even a second yeah not a delay at all (laughs) is he like remembering these numbers is he just like have these weird numbers like hey don't pick up if i'm not there i think he probably has them in the phone but he probably knows that like the only person that ryu ever calls is his sister so he doesn't worry about like being found out what's the worst that could happen i guess like and like the worst thing is when momotaro's like shows up and like makes him lose his like third best girlfriend um and then also um like kintaros uh like makes an appearance and like they're all fighting as it's like old man watching them and then they get pushed out and like um there's like a like feeling of a like fourth presence by herataros and he's like huh what's going on like it's like a weird like moment of like okay um this is a odd situation because i'm like i'm not sure like there's somebody else in history at this point who's had this many people inside of them you know like this is a lot of stuff going on and like um (laughs) this leads to uh the um not a priest but he's basically like a priest um one of the main like um dudes coming after his sister to try and hypnotize him and get a to have a demon out of him, I guess is a thing. Yes, yeah. He's not wrong. <laughs> I mean, technically, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. He's not wrong. You're acting weird because you're being possessed. I'm going to help. At first, everybody else gets hypnotized, and their porter's like, "My first grade teacher saw me pee, but she wasn't mad, and I fell in love." <laughs> what the. <laughs> yeah this shows a lot of little jokes like that honestly is there's something about his character to me that reminds me of um the dad in kiva oh definitely like they're both like they dress the same and like he, are like they're love both characters. very like flamboyant and both very like wear their hearts on their sleeves but at the same time are like these like fuck boys on the outside it's it just yeah, I couldn't help getting the same vibes. Uh, but Ari starts to look at her telescope as her theme plays. She's like, ah, oh, what's the sadness in, like inside of me? On the second pass, though, the hypnotism works and uh, we get a like pretty cool scene of like, um, like a like smirk forms on his face and his eyes turn purple. And then he's like, he says, looks like I've been found. And then they all lose contact with Ryotaro. So I, I love that. I think that was the first time you got to see like the three of them, especially 
really show how much they cared for uh, Ryoto. And um, just the fact that they were all so instantly concerned and jumped into action. Not just them, but like, um, oh god, what is her name? Naomi? Yes. The fact that she's just like immediately ready to shred the world apart to find him. It was really like kind of telling how the relationships had developed up to that point. So I enjoyed just the way that all of that came together. Yeah, like Honda's freaking out. And like the uh, like small shot of like the Joker card and like Naomi's hand, that kind of stuff. And like I like how they like immediately cut away from it too. And it's like mm-hmm. let's let that like linger. And then we meet like the world's most um polite kids in the park. <laughs> Like these kids can be polite, but like like these kids were like listening to like medium volume lyricless music and just dancing in the middle of a park, f- like a hundred feet from everybody else. And this old man's like, "I can't feed my animals." <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of a less destructive, less disruptive thing you could do in the park as like a group of six, like eighteen year olds or whatever. You talking about the guys who are who's just breakdancing in the yeah. in the park? Yeah, <laughs> it it was like it, that was even for a series that is kind of like over the top. Anyways, that was very much like you're reaching for a reason to make us dislike these kids, and I'm not getting there. You're not like convincing me that they're doing anything wrong. I thought like one kid pushes the old man and says like, "Hey, like stop." Even then, like he has like just showed up be like hey you're scaring off all these stray animals i'm feeding it's like that's cool but like why are there all these puppies just like on the street like that seems like a bad idea i don't know <laughs> it's more common than you'd think in japan especially oh, okay. stray cats there's a lot of stray cats i think like near my house there's at least five. Oh, are yeah, they like ha- hanging out mm-hmm. more than like yeah, they're always just in the area. Like every morning I walk past and it's the same cat in the same area every single day. He's just telling you what's up. Yep. Yeah, stray cats is like a is a pretty big problem. Is it treated like a problem? No, not really. It's okay. just like you take care of them because they're there. That sounds good then. That sounds like a But they're also very annoying and they fight at nighttime <laughs> outside your house and they're very loud and yeah, it's it can be annoying. There's a scene where Hana shows up at the restaurant. It's all ruined. And then um, we cut to the breakdancers get approached. And what do you think of this possession of this uh, unique dude version of like Ryotaro? He he's just like a simp. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. It's funny, though, because, like, I wrote in my episode 9 to 10 notes, and I said, I don't know why, but I get this weird incest vibe from Irie, and then this thing happened in the next episode, and I'm like, this is just, like, (laughs) He's a bit of a weird character, because, like, unlike the other characters, like, there's some definite gaps in mm-hmm. what we know about him that like they make apparent like um there's this point where like he, he says like oh and i got told to get rid of you it's like by who and it's like oh like we all hear voices when we like 
get formed. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you said that because I, I was afraid that that was something I'd missed in earlier episodes because that was completely new information to me at the time. That's the first time we're hearing it, I think. Like, like beyond some people saying, I've heard about you or like I've heard about Deno. So there's some kind of shared knowledge or like something between them. But um, yeah, I guess um, the actor, though, who um, he actually um, has like a like background in breakdancing before he was an actor. So makes sense. That's why this is a like part of his role, I guess. So, mm. yeah. Interesting. I don't, I don't know how the hip hop or breakdancing scene is in Japan. I'm assuming like most things better than how it's shown on TV. <laughs> but this is definitely like the corniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it's pretty corny. And like, I mean, there's still people who do like breakdancing stuff in Japan, but it is definitely not prevalent in any way, shape or form. Liked it as a concept for like one of these possessions and like his look was pretty good, I thought. Um, his mannerisms, like, in the fights were cool. Like, he, he's a kid. Like, he wants a sister. Um, he's definitely odd. Like, I was never sure. This archetype, I think, does just, like, read very porty because it's just, like, who's that into to siblings? Yeah. And it's, it's the way, too, though, in Japanese that he, like, addresses his sister. <laughs> yeah i was wondering about that is is different so like um <coughs> yotaro is more um when he addresses his sister he's much more like formal mm-hmm. whereas this guy he he's like a lot more um childlike like he does address her in like a childlike manner it's very it, but it, it but it because the age is not like that different it just comes off as like really kind of creepy and weird <laughs> yeah i don't know what the characters ages are supposed to be but um the actors i think um for irie is a uh, 23 24 and for Rio is a uh, 18 or 19 so it's like not that big like uh no. but he's an odd one but like it makes sense like to introduce a character that that powerful and like that mysterious too he's like he sounds like a lot of chaos too. So like, it's like a mix there, I guess. Uh, but what do you think of, um, the actual like gun form though? I I like that. I mean, that was the whole form just was all swag. I'd like, I I love the animations that went with it. I loved part of the gun flying up in the air until he gets the rest of it put together. The whole thing was just really cool to watch. I think that like it's weird so all the other previous forms have been off of based off of like some kind of japanese like folktale right mm-hmm. so you have you have a momotaro who's using a sword because that's what he uses in the thing urashima taro who uses a fishing rod because he's a fisherman and then kintaro uses an axe because that's what kintaro uses so when you get to this fourth character and you know that it's based off another like Japanese uh folk like legend. Uh it's it's literally based off it's like what is it called? Like Ryutaro, like the the mm-hmm. dragon boy, like literally something like that. Uh and then his his weapon is just a gun. Is is just 
it's strange. Like I would have thought like a spear, like a bow and arrow or like, obviously it's a ranged weapon because the other three are um, like me- melee ranged weapons. I guess the sword has a sword blade flying off and going wherever. Right. But d- just for it to be a gun is strange because now it's like, okay, well gun, gun form should beat everything. What's better than a gun? An axe is not better than a gun. A gun is a gun. <laughs> so I cannot find the actual like reference point for this, but I guess like the point of this, like the legend is like some kind of Chinese dragon mythology point of like some kind of like gun like weapon. And that's like the what this myth was supposed to be, I guess, but mm-hmm. I can't find the actual like reference for that beyond just like somebody saying, Oh, it's based off of a Chinese legend. It's like, okay. But like never any, what that legend is or like what it means, you know? Um, I had found before, uh, I forget what it's called. Ah, that's it. Taro the dragon boy is based off of, uh, Tatsuno, Tatsuno Kotaro. Which is uh like literally like dragon kid. Um but uh if I can find if I can find like an English version of it here. I guess like maybe he uses a cannon or something in it. Or but, maybe they're trying to make the dragon breath effect. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure where it's coming from, but I guess I get it if you look at it that way. I like the way it looks, the purple and the way that like the pieces of all the armor have um mm-hmm. been shared, but this one opens up. That's like a cool way yep. to like add more like variety to it. I thought. Yep, I agree. I like. I I think it's pretty good. I had a very important um thing to mention though is that um we um had s- some issues with our art for the show. Mm-hmm. This new season for Deno. So um I wanted to talk about uh the art that we have for this episode actually if you check in the general here is a uh, my new very important very relevant art for uh <laughs> <laughs> these sets of episodes <laughs> oh yeah love it let's go with it this is the exact artistic direction i want on all of my projects henceforth Jackie, are you listening? This is important. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> episode fourteen. There's a point where the potential the suitor who wants to get the demon out, he shows back up, which good on him, and he's like, "I'll get the demon out of you." And then the kids he's start so break ready dancing. too. You have to you have to respect his hustle. Like he comes fully prepared. But the kids start breakdancing in the street behind him like a horror movie. He's like, oh no, the demon's got him and, and it's spreading. <laughs> he's horrified. He's terrorized. He's like, oh no, these kids are breakdancing. And like they're doing that move where like one person has their arms around like somebody else's like shoulders and like that other person's like arms are moving and he's like, Oh no, <laughs> it's like the most like Christian after school special. Like <laughs> and he's just terrified from that. It made me think of the, um, like meme from 
the Simpsons with the whole like uh, the uh, the strippers dancing and like Smithers just like crying and stuff. Like, oh no. <laughs> Way this arc ends though is that turns out one of the break dancers used to love animals until a dog got run over by a bike and he couldn't save it. And he was completely heartbroken. He left animals forever for breakdancing. And it was also 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) It's very funny. Actually. I didn't realize how funny it was until you like explained it to that level of detail. Because at first I was just like, oh, that's kind of touching. And then, but you're right. Like the longer you think about it, the more you're like, did it really affect him that badly for that long? That's, that's a lot. This is his first time seeing the park or animals 10 years later, and he's here to break dance and make all the animals go hungry. That's, it, that's a decision. That's a take. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, and, like, the back in time segment like is also like, oh, wow. Um, they go back to... And, like, I guess somehow having a massive fight in the middle of the street helped them get to the vet faster and save this dog, which I don't quite get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nothing about that made sense. But, I mean, I it guess... It was very weird. Yeah, I, it ended on a happy note because the puppy survived, but I mean, I would not want to be that fucking insurance adjuster that had to come out after that. Like, how do you even start to begin to calculate that damage? I liked uh, the uh, the like new like Dragon Train version, too. That looked like more like a like final version of the like train than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, the axe version is is freaking weird. It's like this like weird multi armed centipede axe mm-hmm. thing. Melee trade. Yeah, it's it's odd. But like um, in the background of all this though is uh we've seen that um there's some amount of memory that comes back in the hypnosis for Irie, and she goes to this hill called Hope Hill. She's like, oh, like it's where we used to go for the stars. It's like where we go for the stars. And we see there's something there. And like, I was wondering, like, it seems to me like the show's maybe implying that like a little bit of her her scatterbrainedness might be just losing such a vital memory might be part of it. Like, I'm not sure if that's the case, but she's definitely there's something missing from her. Yeah. It sure seems like it. And um, it, it seemed like they were trying really hard to try, draw a parallel between the stopwatch that she has and whoever it is that's keeping time every time they go back in time. Yes, um, the, it, the evil trench coat man. Exactly, yeah. And it, it, I don't know, to me, that's kind of like a frustrating thing in my brain because I can't see the connection yet. And it feels like it just keeps like poking at me, especially like when we start to get to these where... It's obvious there's something there, but they're just not clarifying enough of it to give you any kind of, like, even a start for a theory. So I won't say anything, but let's think about, like, what we know or, like, what theories are. We know there's a stopwatch man. We know she has a stopwatch and a telescope. She she has a hill and a memory of a hill with a dude. And also, Ryota remembers it all? Yeah, because he's definitely, like, there's been a couple times now, like, where he's almost kind of checked in with her to make sure that she hasn't remembered yet. So that makes me even more suspicious because he obviously, like, always tries to protect her. So it it makes me wonder, like, 
what is like the depth and emotional significance of this that he thinks it's better that she doesn't have it. The one thing I will say is it wasn't until the show started that he knew he remembered things when the timeline changed. Oh, okay. Because hmm. like it's mentioned, oh, your ace singularity point, you're not affected by changes in the timeline. And he seems to remember something that she doesn't. That's the most I can say, I feel like, having watched the show. Like, this is just, like, information we have. Like, not, like, anything further, I guess. Interesting. But, yeah. um, I was surprised this happened so soon in the show. I thought this happened way later. If I'm being honest, but... I don't know. I I think all I can say is... I enjoy, like, the quirkiness of her character and the fact that she always just kind of, like, follows her own drum. So I hope that whatever the big thing ends up being later on down the line, it doesn't, like, take that away from her. Because I I really like that kind of eccentricity she has. Yeah. um, She's also one of those people, like, who, like, I'm pretty sure in a ton of the material for the show, like, post the show she's back in like a small cameo or something too like you know it's like that kind cool. of thing like i think she's right. in like a bunch of movies after this too we end this art though by the crew convincing ryotaro and ryotaros <laughs> very yeah, close one it's letter gonna, it's gonna get it's gonna get annoying ryotaro <laughs> and ryotaros they convince him that killing ryotaro wouldn't just be back as he would die it would also make his sister sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which A plus logic. That's exactly the A, that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I liked when they did like go to explain though that she would cry how all of them got into these really dramatic poses around him. It was just so photo worthy. I, I just I loved the drama of it all. One small thing, but after um the siblings reunite and she says, Oh, like I don't know why I'm here. We see the reporter, not boyfriend. He's gotten some coffees. He sees them together. He's like, oh, no, my chance. He's like, you know that she, you, you got hypnotized? She had this weird memory and she was like super. Is that a date? Like, I've never had a date where I was like, oh, man, once she stops being sad from this hypnotism, it's going to be great. I've never <laughs> done that. Well, that in kind of like the really weird way he gets possessive of her when she's like tending to her brother i I was like oh come on guy like you have to know better like everybody knows that's the number one person in her life like take a step back try to quit being a fucking creep they're all creeps like every single one of those (laughs) dudes true (laughs) to a certain extent yes she's a business owner Mm -hmm. seems to own a building uh, with a like business and a two bedroom plus like house in the middle of like Tokyo, uh, that's yeah, like right there. Like I'll be your stepmid forever. Like, <laughs> you know, just like right there. But <laughs> I got real estate, <laughs> and she's cute. Damn. I mean, you just have to deal with the fact that she talks to her coffee beans. Get past that. You're good. Literally. Uh, who hasn't looks past worse things in way worse relationships? <laughs> I, I have to agree with you there, unfortunately. Could be worse. Could be marionettes. True. Yeah. If you had to, like, 
right now, like somebody said, like, hey, like gun to your head. You have to marry the album like this, like one person. You'll never love each other. But I was like, oh, I guess I'd totally be fine with like the woman who just made coffee. It was nice. That's fine by me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, you could do a lot, lot worse in that situation. <laughs> I really do love just all the dudes like showing up that one dude um, in the first episode who like opened his jacket to show flowers. I was like, this is great. This is I love how unflinching they all are in their adoration of her. Like (laughs) they're just not afraid to go to any length whatsoever. And it's just hilarious to see. I'm glad they're doing like the very like, um, and a lot of like anime, it's like, oh, like here's the star, the star like soccer player. And like when he leaves practice, there's like a bunch of girls like around him, but it's like her for her coffee shop. But it's like very funny to me. <laughs> but we should talk about um, our most thrilling arc yet, which is episode 15, Bath Jack Panic, which is something. And episode 16, Star of Happiness criminal surrender and yeah so let's see if we can walk through what happens here how does this start (laughs) there's so much here okay ryotaro is riding his bike as per usual poorly um then he gets bike jacked (laughs) by a guy in a bucket hat wearing a mask which hey it's a look it's a look, that's for sure. Um, and then this guy realizes that Ryotaro uh, rides his bike like an absolute idiot where he has the seat all the way down. So he rides it like he's, you know, riding like one of those weird like clown tricycles. So his knees go really high. So you can't ride away very fast. <laughs> so Ryotaro <laughs> manages to catch up to him eventually. And then the dude just pulls a, like a pistol on him. <laughs> I think that Ryotro rides that way to show that he's youthful and he's in the opening of a like musical number and his knees go high. Probably sure. bad outside of that, but in that one scenario, it's good. Yeah, absolutely completely <laughs> inefficient otherwise, but hey. <laughs> so the guns pulled out him. What's the next oh, God. step here? He drags him into like a spa... Yeah, it's a it's a bathhouse. Bathhouse, yeah. Yeah, um and <laughs> takes the guy working their hostage. There's no customers, thankfully. And then um he ties them up. And then what's the next thing that happens here? This is my favorite part of this. Like like this like this sets the stage for the rest of this whole like arc though. Like uh, <laughs> Ryotaro gets up in his stool that he's tied to and asks to call his sister to let her know he's okay. Because she'll worry otherwise. Mm-hmm. She's gets the phone call and then starts to make them lunch. Because of course. <laughs> she, she goes to make lunch at an active hostage situation, which to me implies that this has happened before. <laughs> He got ran over right? by a trike. Just He's fallen out of manhole. Part of her life at this point. Like wherever he is, yeah, exactly. she'll just go and make lunch. She doesn't care. It can be in the middle of the ER. She's making lunch regardless. 
Did you get hit by eight sets of twins again? <laughs> oh, yes, you're right. Yeah. And this robber is like, once the police show up, like he's like taking clothes from the bath and putting them on the window so the police can't see in. <laughs> he takes boxers though, and those don't even cover half the window. That's the part that really made me go, huh, he really isn't thinking this out. The person who is the most default here for this, like, lasting this long is probably Hana because she doesn't let Momotros go out and, like, solve this. And she's like, well, he got this. This is his thing, you know? Yeah. It, and she's previously shown that she actually usually has pretty good judgment. So this was very bizarre. <laughs> and of course, like, later what happens is she comes in after Protos takes over and swaps places. So she's a hostage now. Like, it's like a one in one out thing, which is very good. <laughs> uh,. That is when Ivy shows up and she walks in the back and then also Rotro comes back and then um, she takes out the bath guy and grabs the gun and yep. then the like person working there gets untied and grabs the gun and says, actually, I'm also on the rough of the police. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so now he's taking the the previous robber hostage along with the previous robbers hostages and that is actually uh when Irie starts to come in but the SWAT team is also getting ready to come in so Riotro is like I think you can do this Aratros right like you got this right he's like yeah if a fish has a heart so does the water and calls the chief of police or the like sergeant um and says hey you wouldn't want it to get out, would you? <laughs> Which is just even more creepy vibes. And what shouldn't get out is uh, a night drive in a patrol car full of stuffed lions, which is the most hard-boiled euphemism I've ever heard. <laughs> but I guess he just like literally <laughs> took a young lady in a car with lions in it. Yep. Well, they said something about um, chalk on the road, too. Uh, you wrote your love confession on the road with chalk. And he's like so sh like shook. He's like, oh, my God. Yeah. And I didn't understand that completely. I just figured it was maybe something that I missed earlier in the episode. But just writing things out in chalk at his age, it seemed kind of weird. I think maybe she made him feel young, which is why he stole that cop car he wasn't supposed to have. <laughs> Ah, uh, okay. That makes more sense. But if I heard somebody say a night drive in a patrol car full of stuffed lions, I'd be like, is this like deep, gripping political commentary? Is that like a kind of sex you could have? Like, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Is that a QAnon conspiracy? Because I'm not up on the latest. Ah, uh, but... <laughs> 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 then they find out the original robber isn't shit and the pistol's a toy. And they eat lunch. Yep. I was infuriated. <laughs> of course it's a toy. Japan, you can't own a pistol in Japan unless you're like police or military. Or the Yakuza. But yeah, just... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the first robber says, I was trying to work up to rob a place. And then instead, I took your bike for groceries or whatever. Yeah. It... it 
it was weird. I mean, it kind of fit in with the theme of the show, but to find out that all of the bad guys weren't actually bad guys, I was just like, okay, come on. Give us something here. Because this point, they don't want to <coughs> have the second robber, Hakamato, who was accused of stealing money, get caught. So, like, uh-huh. okay, let's keep this hostage like train going as long as we can. Um, But he stopped from turning himself in by Irie. And then everyone, like, nods to him, like, in approval, like, oh, like, we're to get you out of this. <laughs> yep. But then, like, um, a, like, another fight happens, and I really like the, the whale, actually. He's very slow, but he, like, has a very good look, and he, like, has, so far, like, the more interesting powers that we've seen, like, uh, the, like, tug of war scene where, like, Kinderos is, like, walking upstream basically like as he's like trying to get like close to him and that stuff like it's like a very a very fun concept for a like monster there yeah mm-hmm. but <laughs> when <laughs> when Ryotaro is trying to talk to the owner he finds him drunk in his warehouse and then Rutros takes over and just shoots the hell out of it <laughs> like <laughs> yep this is my way to do it he he did it like stormtrooper style too, where he like wasn't actually hitting anything for the longest time. I mean, he pulls out that gun and he he puts fucking gangster lean on it. He shoots it <laughs> sideways. Well, he does very much have like a uh, Michael Jackson thing to every time he moves around. So I, I wasn't yeah. entirely surprised. And like uh, he. Makes the image of the show up and beats the crap out of it, just like makes it dance, like ha ha, and, and then tries to kill it and like destroys part of the warehouse. <laughs> and it's like, yep, that was good, right? But um, that just kind of like leads to last episode, like where it's like much more tension, like oh, a like long standing, like till this like whole the like, hostage situations, like uh, like concluded, including the suitors get on the news. I guess like take it off the air for being too disturbing. Um and like when um Ryotaro comes back, his sister thinks he was just like in the bathroom for a long time. <laughs> but Yep. Yeah. And then she has to phone him to tell him to stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then she just brushes it off like Oh, he's such a strange guy. <laughs> that and, was weird. Yeah, and then goes back to like staring off into space and kind of humming to herself. Like the whole thing was just hilarious, honestly. Especially because, like, in the actual like scene, like Momotros has gotten control of one of the hands, <laughs> and then has to like get her to tell him to stop. Like she like is like what a weird, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she doesn't even think twice about it. Like, and that's another reason why her character is just so dear to me is just because she's just like, huh, huh, that was a weird thing that happened. And then just goes right back on with her life. Like, it does not enter her consciousness at all. I do think it was something that um, the bard himself, Shakespeare, said that if you have the chance to make a double possession masturbation joke, you have to. (laughs) I remember studying that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. You know, just <laughs> what a <laughs> weird show this is. It is. And there have been not 
a small amount of times I have questioned whether it was ever actually meant to be a kid's show or not, because the amount of times that Momo comes out and talks about his climax is too damn high. I'm sorry. I really appreciate how, like, the owner's just a drunk and he, like, does not even remember making a wish. And then his wish is that... I don't have a drinking problem anymore. So the way that the image takes it is I got to kill everybody who knows you have a drinking problem. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the path Makes of sense. least resistance. Yeah. Makes sense to me. I guess. Yeah. I mean, then you can continue to have your drinking problem, but just nobody will know. Just what shitty GDs there are. They're always like, just like, this is like technically true, right? Well, here you go. Yep. Um, And like, just i love that he threw the money away himself and like immediately <laughs> literally i wouldn't take that job back that was such a good twist no though. hell no <laughs> no i agree with you but just the fact that you end up learning that he did it himself was just so fucking amusing like i could not get past that i i laughed for a solid minute after they showed that scene because i was just like i cannot believe that this is what he threw his life away over and they also like make this point like he never filed like a victim's report so it's our he did like talk on your name like get rid of you like what a weird like i hate this dude he's a big liar like he takes for everybody for like three years he (laughs) hated you and like (laughs) just wild yeah the whole thing was very wild (laughs) oh but um more stopwatch man He's like kept showing up and like um this fight scene here at the end like um it's in springtime so I was wondering the way they were showing Momotros transform next to the the trees that they were peach blossoms I couldn't quite tell Sakura it's they're doing Hanami which actually just happened like last week yeah we're like probably in the April spring of this show so. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's usually cherry blossoms though, right? Or Yep, yes, correct. I bet they probably filmed it in like Yayogi Park or wherever they would film something like that. I mean, you can find cherry trees everywhere. Their fights actually like very intense like too. It's like the way that like um they keep going like back and forth and like lots of hits and like it's a pretty long fight too. It's like, oh, this is like fun. Um but yeah, um in the end, the good guys win again. Uh, and the president makes up with Hakabata. He's like, yeah, I'll take my job back <laughs> three years after you accused me of stealing from you. Jeez. No proof. Uh, but then we resolved the hostage crisis. Which wasn't actually a hostage crisis because it was a crisis in the next building. Uh, yeah, which was so, Which I found really funny. I yeah, thought that was pretty damn funny. It was just, it was so much. It was so unexpected, even for a show that does the unexpected so well. I just, I, I was with the rest of the characters, like, I had to, like, take a deep breath and then just laugh it off because that was just too much. And the two, like, would-be hostages, like, um, takers are like oh yeah like we're friends now and like we'll like do it together and like we'll repent and then they find out they didn't do anything and also uh, this is a really unpopular small time bathhouse I guess like you don't want to go to a bathhouse right next to like a situation so <laughs> mind, but <laughs> no probably not yeah wouldn't imagine yeah oh um, a lot happened these times 
Mm-hmm. I have a question about Ryu, Ryu Taros's power. Does he just have the power to summon a breakdancing flash mob? Because every time he comes on screen, we didn't talk about that. You're right. They're 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 just there. Like they just show up. Like do they just follow him around, or does he like manifest them somehow? Like, I think so. I distinctly remember a point later in the show where they're in a place where these breakdancers shouldn't have access to, and they do. <laughs> and then they're just there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I do love how like he ends the hostage situation, but like not really because like nobody gets to escape, even though they're all on the same page of, oh, yeah, these guys Mm -hmm. were trying to hurt us. But he makes everybody but the sergeant start dancing in like a big flash mob. (laughs) Yeah, he's a lot. But no, um, what do we feel and what do we think like uh, happens next on this show? It's hard to tell because every time I feel like I have an expectation, it gets blown out of the water. But I'm really, as I said before, kind of um, really excited to see how these um, small little timeline changes play out. Because it seems like now we're starting to see that like there are very real consequences to how things do or don't happen. And I, um, I'm anxious to see like kind of how that ends up long term. I'm wondering, uh, this show, um, we have all four color buttons now. We do. Yeah, that's right. I'd forgotten that. I think probably going forward, because um, last week I had made the prediction that there would be a, whatever, a yellow form. Turns out there was. And there might be a fourth one. Turns out there was. Um, but... Uh, I think probably now going forward, kind of that they've introduced the four forms and that corresponds with the buttons on the belt, that more than likely the next couple of episodes are going to be figuring out who is the stopwatch guy. Like that will be because at the end of this episode, he he goes into Nishi Shinjuku Station entrance somewhere and um, not that that's significant or anything, but um <laughs> He he seems to be like the only running thread now that we have that kind of will push the story along other than like, you know, kind of a monster of the week type thing. What do we think about um, the implication of somebody speaking to the Imogen when they're like into existence, when they like get to a like certain point, I guess? I'm excited to see how that plays out because I think it's going to definitely have an impact on um, the whole crew that we've been looking at so far once um, some more of that becomes clear um, and might maybe give them the chance to kind of uh, think more freely for themselves. So I, I want to I definitely want to see what happens. Here, here's my wild prediction for for next week. I think that evil uh time time man is gonna end up being another writer or like an evil writer because i feel like um what's it called series after this one have had like enemy enemy common writers so i have to wonder is this where that trope originated is this a show that Mm. started that that kind of uh story plot line maybe who knows but that seems 
Um, a couple years before this, uh, Come Rider Ryuki is the first show that has Come Riders who are not good people has like legit villains. Okay. Okay. Riders. Um, okay. So it's before yeah. this then. Yeah, that's the season like where like they weren't sure if they were gonna do more Kamen Rider like after Kuga and then like Agito, but they're like, man, nine eleven happened. Like we should, right? Yeah, <laughs> talk about this. <laughs> uh, but so yeah, um, that actually has like a scene where like a like restaurant gets held hostage by a like a like writer who's a like serial killer. Mm. Yeah, so I'm wondering, um, but um. I'm interested in the next few episodes because um, next time is um, only six episodes and the time of that only five. And then the time after that is the movie, which is weird because it's actually canon and part of the season's narrative in a way that doesn't happen much with these movies at all. Huh? Yes. Okay. Like most of the time, it's like, here's an alternate version of how we think the series could end, but also it's 20 episodes before the end. Here it's like full on an episode goes into the movie. Okay, so like it is actually legitimately part of the story. It's not some kind of like side non-canon thing. It you you need to watch the movie to understand what would happen in the episodes that precede or follow it. Yes, and there's like stuff leading up to it. Like there's like Okay. Some setup there. Which is weird. Uh all right. That's not happened much in these shows, honestly. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> the movie for Comrider, like Kiva, was like, "Oh man, what if you had to go to high school?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, and it's as weird as it sounds. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. The movie for um, Comrider Blade um, is what if the series had ended. And you went back to being a like garbage man, and you oh. just were like kind of a loser. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so this is more than that, but <laughs> okay. <clears throat> yeah. Um, important though, I guess, is our uh, last three questions though, and uh, who are our top three favorite characters this time? Let's go. Uh, for Steph, then David, then me. Uh, favorite character. Still, I think is got to be Ari, and and she is developing more and more, especially in this uh, series of arcs. And I just learned to appreciate her all that much more just to see her kind of expand a bit. Um, you were talking like rank three or rank one? I think that was Steph's favorite, right? Yeah, favorite number one. Okay. Um, I have to give it to. Ryotaro this time mm. mm-hmm. uh, he, he's grown on me as a character the first you know eight episodes I'm like ah god like this is the main character we gotta stick with this idiot through the rest of the series but he's kind of grown on me like there's stuff that he does in this this series of uh, of episodes like when they're all in the, the bathhouse and he has to like leave out the back door he just goes he like points up into the air and just goes ah and they all look and then he <laughs> runs out the door he's very hapless in a great way and then yeah. he really like plays off well so he's my favorite from from this set of episodes oh my favorite um this is hard i'm gonna say it might be 
Ruteros because he is just a really interesting bit of chaos and it's kind of that like thing too where like you know a character and then you see how they're introduced and who they were at introduction you're like oh whoa I forgot how much he shook things up when he first showed up yeah do you have a two more not number one favorite character Steph or um I feels kind of cheap to do this but I'm gonna have to say that the uh two guys that are very much in love with Ari also got a bit more screen time this time and I appreciated the humor that they brought so they would have to be my other two yeah they get more time than you might think honestly Oh, good to know, because I've started to really enjoy them and like they're kind of on screen shenanigans and the way they're always competing with each other, despite the fact that she doesn't notice either of them. It just makes me laugh every single time. Uh, My second character has to be <laughs> Hana. Like she 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 threw down in these these couple of episodes and I enjoyed that she was um she's not just like this weak side girl character that happens in a lot of uh, a lot of shows like she's willing to throw down and honestly she should probably actually be the writer in this series so yeah <laughs> i hope they like at least like justify that <laughs> a little bit but mm-hmm. who knows uh and who's your third actually my third my third is uh Quintaros. yeah that makes sense i think i think he's he's just a good character yeah Ooh, uh my second I'm going to say Kentaros, just like very solid, just like a great all-rounder. Uh, my third probably Irie. Uh, she is just so she plays off parts of her character that she might not even know what they are yet. Like, I like, don't know if like this is like a, like Star Wars or like a Harry Potter thing or like a director told her at the start here's the secret truth about like your character. But like for what she has, like she plays it very well. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Do we have any of our um our like stunts, our effects? Like the first time that we get to see the um killing shot with the um with the gun, and it like you see all those huge big blasts of those uh purple stripes going across the screen. That was definitely a standout moment for me. Yeah, f- for me, I. Mm- not not in this episode like i i have to say that it's it's like it is a little bit of a goofy thing but like every time that uh, kintaros takes control and then there's just like weird like tissues floating through the air <laughs> is kind of strange and I, I dig it yeah i love that i really um think they do a pretty good job uh especially for the um for the time of like having just all of their CGI, like the way the bike comes out of the like train, the way the train like um flies around, like they actually like make it work despite like it being in broad daylight. <laughs> <laughs> like it's kind of wild. <laughs> and the uh, last question, of course, uh, the best outfits that we saw this time. I would have to say the um, and I'm struggling to remember her name now, but the junior model. When she was modeling that one outfit where she was wearing those uh, brown cowboy boots with the pink socks that poked up. (laughs) 
like that that sent me into outer space just you know obviously being in texas and seeing people wear boots just like as a part of their regular work day just the way that she wore them and that entire outfit built around it was everything for me i i wanted to see more of that (laughs) yeah very mid-2000s like wrestler look i loved it it was just it was so perfect and for that to be a look that like was supposed to be part of their paris collection uh beautiful ah the paris cowboy boots (laughs) which parisians are known for as i've heard for me i i kind of i just i dig the the gun form suit i think it looks Mm -hmm. cool yeah uh it i like purple like purple is a probably one of my favorite colors so like that just hits it out of the park on that one yeah i really like um both for gun and axe form the way that like he gains accessories when he's possessed like especially like he gets headphones and like a hat like whatever he's like taking over which is very much like okay this is like a mm-hmm. extra flair here yep it's cool we've come to the end and let's uh let's be bears <laughs> let's be like uh Kindros and let's plug ourselves for the winter <laughs> pretty sure that's exactly how that went yeah uh, <laughs> Steph, <laughs> we'll find you near uh not talking about tokusats I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and keep it short this week because i realized last time we recorded how much i rambled let's just say uh visit me at www.arcademilitia.com where you can also find a direct link back to common ride with me um, my uh, dear co-host Jackie has been out for a bit for some medical issues, but we are uh, about to start recording again, and we will definitely be putting out more content soon. So stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. And David, all right, you can find me on my personal ing- Instagram at Zyrel. Uh, you can listen to me on my podcast at Tokyo Fresh Podcast, also on Instagram, or on my movie podcast at the Midnight Film Club. Uh, we're going to be starting that up again. It's just been a matter of uh, timing. We haven't been able to get together to sit down and do episodes. So, um, you can find me on Twitter, at James Ford. You can find the podcast at Combat Me Twitter, Instagram, com, Uh, for the episodes and articles there's calvary.com uh, slash merch for our merch while the proceeds going to a good cause uh currently the ukrainian red cross uh usually the trevor project and it uh might have changed to uh s- somewhere else by now um there is uh calvary.com slash episodes for links out two different platforms please uh rate and view on our podcast and yeah we've come to the the end we've learned some lessons um i think i've learned uh never to trust your boss i think that's just good life advice um i think that i learned that you shouldn't mess with the girl who is your bodyguard because she will in fact take on a dojo full of people who are trying to beat you up Hmm. and david anything Learn. Always carry tissues. Yes. Cosine. That, yep. You never know. Never I'm know. always carrying tissues in case my sister can't <laughs> tell me to stop. <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks, I hate it. 